This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Now, Women to Watch. Here's your host, Sue Rocco. Good evening, everyone, and thank you so much for being with me for another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Again, my name is Sue Rocco, and we have a great show for you this evening. Uh, My guest who will be joining me in just a few minutes is a local Philadelphia lady by the name of Laura Taylor. And Laura is the founder and CEO of a company called Mingle, which is a non-alcoholic beverage company uh, that she launched just recently, and uh, she will be joining me in just a moment. Um, Be sure always to stay with us during the breaks where you'll hear from our watch team of contributors who will be bringing you the latest information on health, technology, law, and leadership uh, from our inspirational speaker, Holly Dowling. And uh, be sure to visit us at womentowatch.net where you can check out our lineup And also, we'd love for you to sign up for our monthly newsletter as well and leave comments, if you'd like, regarding the show, any feedback or suggestions for upcoming guests. And as always, be sure to follow us us on social media at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, So now I'm thrilled to welcome to the show again, Laura Taylor. Laura Taylor is the CEO and founder of Mingle. Laura, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Sue. It's an absolute pleasure and honor to be speaking with you as well. Well, I, you know, I'm I'm happy that we have you, even though it's not uh, with me in the studio. We still will be able to uh, share what I think is an amazing story with our listeners. And um, I, I wanted to start off and have you talk a little bit about the the family business that I think helped uh, influence who you are today, and and one of the reasons you became an entrepreneur. So I wonder if you can just talk for a few minutes about that that company and and your grandfather who started it. Sure, absolutely. So I grew up in San Diego, California, uh, but both of my parents met in Los Angeles. Uh, my father is from an incredibly large Irish Catholic family. He has 11 brothers and sisters. And my grandfather, at the t- uh, way back when, before I was born, he had started a, a laundry detergent company called Vogue. And um, I remember it vividly because we had it in our house for as long as we could. And uh, so Vogue, it was was a family institution for some of uh, the family members 
some of my aunts and uncles, but really my father had studied uh, agriculture, was fascinated with chemistry, and he ended up being the plant manager in San Diego for the Vogue factory. So when I grew up as a young child, I remember visiting him at the plant. My mom would work as the office manager. My dad would be in his kind of scruffy plant wear, uh, walking the floors of the factory with a you know, number of folks working for him. And what I saw from both my mother and my father was hard work, commitment, and dedication. So that's a little bit about um, Vogue. Would you like me to share more about how it kind of evolved and impacted me? I'd love for, for you to do that. One of the, um, you know, one of the things I made a note of, which I think is probably a pivotal moment for you in your story, um, was this quote where you vowed to never be financially dependent on someone else. And mm-hmm. perhaps you can explain where, you know, um, that came from. Sure. So um, my father was passionate about the business. He was a workaholic. I remember him leaving, you know, as early as five and six in the morning and getting home sometimes as late as 10 and 11 p.m. Uh, So he was truly a workaholic. What had happened when I was in around, I think, junior high or high school is the factory experienced like a chemical emissions issue. And uh, they released a chemical in the air and it was decided by powers that be, I was not part of that. Obviously, I was too young, but to shut down the factory mm-hmm. and to shut down the plant. So at that time, what I saw in my father was him kind of like a, a captain without a, a ship. Uh, there was some family politics at play. I would call it like a California version of Falcon Crest for people who remember <laughs> that show, like a little bit of a soap opera. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, People turned on each other, and my father was basically cast out of the family uh, financially, although he was the one really putting his heart and soul into it. Uh, he was also financially uh, left out of the will, which not not that it was massive amounts of money, but the principle of, of him providing so much of his self into the family business and being pushed out it left a huge impact on me because what I saw at that time was my father truly lose his spirit. And Mm. I would, you know, I would, I would envision it as like taking a twig and breaking it in half. Like looking back on that time, it was very sad. And Mm. financially he, we did have some struggles and coming back to your point in observing this, I made a commitment to myself. I want to be successful. I want to be financially independent so that, Nobody could be, you know, I I would not be putting myself at risk and relying on somebody else for my financial security. So that's that's the impact it had on me. Yeah. How old were you when the company was the factory was shut down? I would say 17, 16. Okay, so yeah, a teenager. And it's always interesting, I think, when there's, you know, uh, when there are things going on kind of behind the scenes, if you're a child, and there's, you know, family drama, um, a lot of times, if, if it's not being explained to you, or you're not really aware of what's going on, but you're just you can sense it, um, it can create a lot of anxiety. Was that the case for you? You know, my parents did an incredible job shielding us from the family's politics. My mom and I, we actually talk about it quite openly. 
uh, he they have mended fences with certain family members and you know everything's on the up and up but they they spoke openly as I grew into adulthood about the impact it had on them right. and that they would never uh, cut us out like that you know family it to them is the top priority and to have a business or money get in the way of that was just never an option. So the stress I observed, which I did, was more around their own strife, struggling as parents and professionals to figure out how am I going to provide for four children who I want to go to college. You know, these are the things I can relate to as a mother today right. more than ever. I bet. I bet. Um you know, one of the things you also shared with me, and I think this is, you know, kind of um, an important piece to talk about, uh, particularly for young women and girls that are listening. Um, when you were in school and you were a young girl, you said, I felt awkward and a bit out of place for most of my youth. And I, I yeah. love that you share that so openly. And, and you know, tell tell the listeners what that was about. Yeah, so... Um I'll just describe my physical appearance. Uh, growing up, I shot up like a rocket. I was five foot eight in fourth grade. And, you know, when you grow into adulthood, I think people love to be tall, but not when you're in fourth grade and you're trying to figure out your, you know, just socially, uh, like friends, right. liking boys, you know, looking for that first kiss eventually. And so I was the tallest girl in our grade school until sixth grade. And, you know, I had a size 10 shoe, I had a little bit of an overbite, and um, I did feel a little bit awkward and clumsy um, as just part of my my it, my insides. And it does impact uh, how this product and company came about. So just sharing that a little bit of myself with you, kind of an inside look of Laura Taylor. I was, I felt like I was really tall and gawky growing up. Um, at a very tender age. Right. That is a tough That is a tough time to be different from the rest of the kids in the class, for sure. Um, listen, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about uh, your education and the degree you received in engineering. You're listening to Women to Watch. We'll be right back. Stay tuned for our Legal Watch with Carol Weinman. Now, the Women to Watch. Hi, this is Carol Weinman with Legal Watch. Would it surprise you to learn that many of those with autism are often also diagnosed with oppositional defiant disorder or ODD? Why are these individuals aggressive, defiant, and often even termed violent? Should we consider them dangerous? And if so, what do we do about it? Oftentimes parents dealing with their aggressive child are faced with the terrifying choice of calling in the police or asking that their child be admitted to a mental health facility. And while these parents have a reason to be concerned for their own safety, there just has to be a better way. That's why I believe in a holistic approach and early intervention for such behavioral concerns. And the intervention has to be appropriate. We must look to what is fueling the behavior and not to the behavior itself. We need to examine the root cause and not attempt to use a Band-Aid for a deep-seated wound. Let's look at this by way of example. Say you have stomach pain. You take an antacid, a so-called Band-Aid, for relief. Yet your tummy still hurts because it didn't do the job. Later, you discover you have pain because of a growth that requires surgery. 
Once the tumor is removed, your problem is solved. As an autism behavior analyst, I consider the whole person and excavating the true self and core cause. We must separate the person from the autism. Only then can we figure out why he is behaving the way he is. For more information, contact me at autismlegal.com. Attorney and leading autism expert Carol Weinman offers one-of-a-kind solutions to your legal and autism needs. Recognized nationwide as the one and only autism legal expert, Weinman delivers exceptional results. Weinman is a master at putting together pieces to create a remarkable outcome. Contact Weinman at 215-591-3614 or at autismlegal.com. That's autismlegal.com. Carol Weinman, the leading nationwide expert autism attorney. Since 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. In this student-centered environment, the young women are transformed by recognizing their own potential and are encouraged to use it to make a difference in the world. To learn more about Mount St. Joseph Academy, go to www.msjacad.org or call 215-233-3177. That's msjacad.org or 215-233-3177. I'm talking this evening with Laura Taylor, and Laura is the CEO and founder of Mingle, which is a new beverage company um, that she developed, and it sells non-alcoholic, what what we call today mocktails. And um, I want to go back a little bit and talk about your education and, and the fact that you received a degree in industrial engineering, but actually eventually ended up in sales um, because that's what, you know, was interesting (laughs) to you. Right. Um, so, yes, I pursued a degree at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, a fabulous school, school on the central coast of California. Phenomenal education. When I was going through the process, the industrial engineering degree, highly influenced by my father's background, um, I worked with plastics, elect, you know, electri- electricity classes, all those things. But there was a component around industrial sales, and I migrated to that because I loved the professor who taught the class, uh, he taught it in a way that looked at people's personalities and how to present yourself and socially connect with people in a sales situation, whether, you know, if you're the salesperson selling to uh, a, a buyer. And so what I also learned very early on in my pursuing my degree was when you graduate, sales has the, the highest um, financial earnings. So that was all I had to hear. I, I, you know, I have experience growing up, as you know, uh, with the plant floor, and I decided I want to make more money. So I decided to pursue a career in sales with that degree. So can you tell me how you landed? I'm not sure this was your first job out of college, but Rockwell Automation. It was. Okay. Um, Rockwell Automation, Allen Bradley, they, they manufacture and sell industrial controls and industrial computers. If you think of like a Nabisco cookie line. I had seen it in Chicago um, where they would make the Oreos. Um, so Alan Bradley made everything from push buttons to industrial computers that helped throughout that manufacturing process. So I was a salesperson uh, at, 
eventually in Chicago for Rockwell Automation right out of college. Okay. And um, so, you know, you worked for Rockwell, Accenture, IBM. You know, this is all part of your career path prior to launching this company. One, you know, I know that you have an incredibly supportive family. I always like to ask, you know, who else in your life and your career um, believed in you during those years that kind of helped to um, strengthen your, your confidence to eventually launch your own company? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I, I rode crew in college and met my very best friend to this day. Her name is Gina Martinelli. And I would first go to my mom and then maybe my dad and then my sisters and bounce ideas off or struggles I was having. And then I would pick up the phone and call her because I felt that she really knew me better than anyone else. And she'd tell me if I was crazy and overreacting or <laughs> if I was onto something. So I would say she had a really huge impact in, um, in my path. Okay. Yeah. I think sometimes it's, it's so incredibly, um, wonderful to have that woman in your life that really can tell you just about anything and you won't take it yeah. personally. <laughs> yes. yes, everybody needs that. Everybody needs that. So, yeah. you know, I think you can describe when we talk about society today, both um, social engagements and celebrations and um, even uh Throughout our work and career, there's always opportunities where we're in crowds and there is alcohol being served as part of the event. And, you know, Laura, I, you very specifically started this company and did it for a personal reason. Um, and I wondered, tell me what that catalyst moment was when um, you were in the midst of all of these types of celebrations and events where you said, you know what? I don't want to drink alcohol anymore, and I'm going to, I see a need now um, for a company to take the place of the alcohol that is always a part of every celebration. Yeah, so um, for those who work in an industry where there are, as you shared, corporate events or business receptions, you name it, um, alcohol is an underlying part of those events. I'm, I know I'm repeating you, but I, I, I was very much a part of that engagement as well. So I'd go to a conference, they'd have a happy hour, I'd have a few drinks, we'd go to dinner, have a few drinks. It was just part of the overall career. Um, what I did decide to do was quit drinking alcohol altogether. I went on a little juice cleanse. I felt right away my body reacted in a, a way that surprised me. I felt really healthy and looked at my lifestyle and decided I think I'm going to quit for good. And what I noticed going back into those situations, because I didn't stop doing anything, um, was that my cho choices were minimal and not very appealing. Sparkling water, water, or soda. And, you know, going back to my childhood years, that that girl really tall with an overbite and big feet, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it invokes a similar feelings of feeling like I didn't really fit in. Mm. And um, now I didn't stop doing these things, but uh, whether it's at a, a neighborhood gathering, a girls night or a, a corporate reception, the feeling I was the same, just not really as as socially connected as I wanted to feel. Yeah. You know, I, I had written down a quote where you say, when I decided to quit drinking to manage my stress, it took me back to those awkward days in grade school as the tallest girl with an overbite and big feet. 
Tell me, I know that you're active and in wonderful health today, and, it, and is that how you manage stress today? Because I think a lot of people, um, even who, who don't have problems with alcohol, turn to it um, to manage stress. And you know what? We're, we're going to take another break. When we come back, I'd love for you to share that with the listeners, how, how you've sure. replaced that today. We're going to take a break and stay tuned for our Leadership Watch with Holly Dowling. Leadership Watch. Hi, everybody. Holly Dowling, your Leadership Watch today. Excited to share with you what I believe are some of the most important discoveries, having interviewed amazing, powerful women leaders around the world, probably several thousand to be exact. And what I've discovered is there's three powerful qualities. I have called them the three pillars. And I'd like to share with you the first pillar today. The first pillar being clarity. What have I found about really strong, successful women? And when I mean successful, successful in your own right. And I actually want to rephrase and say, this is for women and men. It's the definition of success. What is your definition of success? And clarity is so important. In our world today, we're so caught up in the hamster wheel that we've forgotten to have clarity, and clarity is vision. You can't ask other people to help you get where you're going if you don't have a clear vision of what that looks like and where you want to be. So clarity, where are you going? What's your vision? It's never too late to dream again. I feel that we get caught in the rut and feel like it's time to give up on all of our dreams and goals. And no, let me tell you how many people of all ages I have interviewed and realized it is never too late to dream again. So what's your vision? What does your world look like 12 months from today? You're listening to this on a Sunday. What does your world look like in 12 months? What does it look like in three years and in five years? Because if you don't know, no one else can help you make that happen. So clarity, it's time to get clear, have a vision, take a piece of paper and a pen out and take a few minutes alone and begin just writing. I love to, and I dream to, and don't let that pen leave the paper. That is your inspiration today. And only those that are willing to do it that are willing to make a difference for themselves can have the vision and the clarity to make their dreams come true. Love to hear from you. Please reach out to me at hollydowling.com. Who is Holly Dowling? Holly is a dynamic keynote speaker and inspirational thought leader. You see what we have the ability to do and the power we have. You hold the power for good. Each and every one of us can do something. Holly has inspired millions around the world, including over 500,000 executives, and her show is listened to in 87 countries. Now we're going to spend 25 minutes on your areas of opportunity. Listen to our internationally acclaimed podcast, A Celebration of You, Holly Dowling, empowering those who can change the world, hollydowling.com. You're listening to Women to Watch. My name is Sue Rocco, and I'm joined tonight by Laura Taylor, CEO and founder of Mingle. And um, Laura, you um, you know, first of all, I wanted to tell you, I think it takes such incredible courage for anyone, man or woman, to start their own company, especially a company like this in an, an industry that is saturated, um, you know, the beverage industry. It's not easy. And um, I wonder if you can first talk about you know, the reason is that you stopped drinking alcohol yourself and you wanted to find something that would help other people who are making that same de- decision uh, be able to celebrate and feel a part of um, these events and parties. So what do you do today then to manage the stress? 
I I do a few things, and really, whether you work as as a career professional or as a full time mom, I think today is a more stressful time than ever. And I don't think it's, 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 it's stating the obvious, but it was critical that I learned how to manage the stress that I have as a mother, as a wife, as a, a career professional and somebody who's a pretty intense individual. So what I started doing a few years back was meditation. And uh, I make it a point as much as possible to start my day with a morning meditation, which if somebody told me that 10 years ago, I think was so corny, but really has helped me put things into perspective, take a pause, and um, center myself around what's more most important in, in, in my life and in that day. So meditation is a big part. I also make a point to exercise and get outdoors. I love taking fitness classes, but if I can't, sometimes I just grab the dogs and go on a walk in our hilly neighborhood. But I found that's also crucial to to get out of my own head and uh, you know, get some sort of exposure to nature, even if it's just the blue sky. Mm. So speaking of exercise, the, the light bulb moment for you was actually <laughs> during a bar class. And yeah. uh, so, so tell us about that. And, and even more so, what, what gave you the confidence to take that idea and turn it into action? Well, that bar class... Uh, I remember it like it was yesterday because I, I, it just hit me just so hard. I was taking this exercise class and some word popped into my head, mocktail mixology, uh, for people who want to choose to lose the booze but still feel part of, a par- part of the party. It literally came to me like that. So I stepped out of the class. I grabbed a Post-it note, wrote it down, went back into class, finished the class. And as I was driving home, I called my, my mom and said, what do you think of this? And my dad jumped on too. And they said, yeah, it sounds interesting. By the time I got home, I had talked to my husband. I called my sister. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, what inspired that was I was I was looking, I had kind of this uh, over the holiday period at that time, I had come to the conclusion that I'm not sure that I want to end my career in sales. It's great financially. There's so many wonderful things about a career in sales. I thought, you know, if I could do anything, what would it be? And what has meaning to me? So I was kind of in this ongoing brainstorm myself. This one just took me away. And I got enough informal positive feedback that I put my head down and started building out a business plan and found some really incredible data to support a white space opportunity a need um, for people who don't drink. And there's this whole area and, and focus on corporate and social responsibility as we know what's going on out in the world and in the workplace that it's actually important to, to think about what options should be made available to people to minimize risk and, and reinforce a safe environment. You know, I want to mention, Laura, that you took you went from an, an idea to an actual business in, in eight months, and that's incredible. Um, tell me what has been the greatest challenge other than fundraising, because <laughs> any entrepreneur knows that the first, you know, getting funding um, is always the greatest challenge. Tell me what besides that has been difficult. Um, 
I would say fear, a, a, a constant fear of failure and a fear of the unknown, because I am in an industry that I did not grow up in. I do, did not go to college for. I do not have a degree in. And um, it's, like you said, it's a saturated industry. People know what they're doing. And I found that I had to learn how to just accept that if you got you to gotta take risks. That's that's part of being an entrepreneur. So I'm not saying I've embraced it, but I am saying that I'm learning how to uh, operate in an environment that's high risk um, with a lot of unknowns. And that's been the greatest challenge that I am, you know, I I am working through every day and and it's getting easier and easier with every milestone. I bet. I I think that's very, very true that, um, you know, our our. Second guessing ourselves uh, is probably always going to be with us, but each time something goes right, um, it's exciting and kind of carries you over to the next uh, risk. Tell tell me yeah. what if you could describe. So you worked for some major companies, and now you run your own company. So those are two completely different things. Can you kind of describe the difference in a sentence? Uh, no safety net. <laughs> mm, there you go. <laughs> or three words. Can you describe it in three words? Oh, my yeah, goodness. Right. Risk or risk. You know, it's yeah. the same thing. It's just risk. Although, you know, you never have the worry that someone's going to, you know, come in and let you go. <laughs> you can't let, right? Yeah. That's true. I mean, that's yeah. never been something that I've had a, 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 not like overhanging fear, more of, um, the difference is, what if I don't get this big order? What if I messed up this manufacturing process? You know, it's these are all on me. So the other big difference is personal accountability. Like it lands on my shoulders, not my bosses, not the executive vice presidents or the CEOs. It's on me. Right. Let's give. Um, let's talk about the the product and how it's different mm-hmm. and the ingredients. I love that it's healthy. To, you know, talk a little bit about the product itself and how it's different from other. Sure. Mingle sparkling mocktails. How different is it's a non-alcoholic cocktail, also known as a mocktail. And what's so wonderful is it's presented in a beautiful uh, glass bottle, similar to like a, a, re- a wine bottle that you see today with a screw top. It's got fun, but uh, sophisticated packaging, bright colors, but clean label. And what I think is most important is it's a premium product that also is low in calories. So it's all natural, sweetened with organic cane sugar. A serving uh, of like a wine glass size serving is only 20 calories. So to me, I infuse in this product what I would want if I wanted an alternative equally as, pe- as appealing as a glass of wine or a cocktail. And, you know, one of the things I want to talk about is your uh, your goals or aspirations to expand the brand itself. Mm-hmm. Is that something you've been thinking or is it too early to, to think about that? No, no, not at all. Uh, I've gotten we touched on the milestones. I continue to get really great milestone feedback and I'm making the steps to continue to grow the brand initially regionally, hopefully nationally. Uh, but the way I see the expansion going is. I'm currently in a beautiful glass bottle, but I want to be in skinny cans. Uh, I see line extensions with additional flavors. 
Right now, you've got the Cranberry Cosmo or Moscow Mule, Blackberry Hibiscus Bellini, Melon Mojito, but the options are endless as to how to grow this brand. I, I bet. I bet. Um, listen, we're going to uh, take a, one last break, and um, we will be back with Laura Taylor, CEO and founder of Mingle. You're listening to Women to Watch. Stay tuned for our Health Watch coming up next. Now, the Women to Watch Health Watch. From Jefferson University Hospital, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. It's vacation time. For a safe trip, see a travel doctor at least one month before you visit high-risk areas. You may need vaccines, medication for traveler's diarrhea, or even malaria. Fewer than half of these travelers get advice, and many physicians are not aware of the appropriate advice. You may need shots for preventable diseases. In mosquito areas with malaria and Zika, ugh. Clothing to cover your skin. Insect repellent for you and your clothing, and take meds for malaria. Wash your hands. A lot of areas are still high with tuberculosis. Drink bottled water even to brush your teeth. No ice cubes, including your flight home. They stock the plane in Mexico or wherever you've been. Well-cooked fruits and veggies and meat or fruit that you peel for yourself. Swimming in chlorinated or salt water is safe, not fresh water. Even a short ride on a raft can lead to getting a parasite. Wear sandals or flip-flops on the beach, soil that may be contaminated with human or dog feces because you can get hookworm. Do not pet stray animals. Bites or scratches can lead to rabies. Believe it or not, 25% of deaths of Americans abroad are from motor vehicle accidents. No local conditions, wear your seatbelt, and don't drink and drive. On a long plane ride, your doctor might suggest aspirin to prevent clots in your legs. Cruise ships often have severe sickness from the Norwalk virus, and it may be the warm water in the hot tubs. Pregnant women, please, special precautions, especially with Zika. Malaria can be life-threatening to you and your baby, and certain antibiotics are not safe during pregnancy if you get traveler's diarrhea. And remember, carry your medications with you when you fly. Don't pack them in a bag that can get lost. Bon voyage, divas. Take care of yourself or nobody else will. Do you have a financial advisor who you trust that looks at you as more than just a number? At the Foley Hillsley Group, that person is Kristen Hillsley. Kristen's team has a different approach to managing your wealth called the Panorama Process. This unique process helps you obtain your financial goals easily because it's more than just investments, it's about you. To learn more, visit their website at fhbaird.com or call 610-238-6636. The Foley Hillsley Group is affiliated with Robert W. Baird and Company, Incorporated Member SIPC. Log on to fhbaird.com to learn more. That's fhbaird.com. So if you need a financial advisor you can trust, call Kristen Hillsley at 610-238-6636. That's 610-238-6636. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. 
You're listening to Women to Watch. My name is Sue Rocco, and I'm joined tonight by Laura Taylor this evening. And, you know, Laura is one of those women that um, saw or had a need, I'll say, saw a need and decided to just go ahead and start her own company um, to fill that gap. Um, One of the questions I had for you, Laura, was whether there's been any opportunities for you to partner with any other lifestyle brands. Huh. I haven't been been approached by wellness, health and wellness trade shows, um, but I have not proactively engaged yet with a partner. It's it's something I would welcome and love doing. Mm. I'm working with influencers on my social media platform to get the word out. And right. there's a number of folks, whether they are promoting, uh, you know, expecting mothers or, or health and wellness that have supported mangle and promoted mangle but that is something as part of my progression that i plan on doing is those partnerships right and i think there's probably unlimited um places where the product can be other than um sitting on the shelf of a store yeah absolutely so the way i see mangle being positioned as whenever alcohol is served Mingle should be the premium non-alcoholic option for people who don't drink but want to feel part of that occasion. So whether it's at concerts and sports arenas, you know, sporting events, uh, we talked about corporate events and convention centers, hotels, think about all those weddings and holiday parties. Uh, the, the applications are endless. And people who don't drink enjoy mingle mocktails, people who shouldn't drink because they're on medication or the designated driver, it's a nice option for them. And if people do drink and want something low calorie as a mixer as well, I, I, you know, I am certainly, I'd like people to enjoy mingle however they would like best. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't drink, so it's mocktail first, but People have embraced it as a skinny cocktail mixer as well. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that, you know, for those who do enjoy their um, their cocktails, it makes for a wonderful mixer. Um, tell me what the feedback has been from customers. I'm wondering if you've, you've, you know, received some testimonials from people who have discovered it and it's really kind of changed their life. Oh, that's probably the most rewarding part of my job. Uh, I presented to a gourmet olive oil company in downtown Philadelphia last week, and they've embraced Mingle because they love the brand as as they sell gourmet goodies and they're launching a new store. I had every one of those people saying, this is amazing. I love it. I get it. Um, I've had people who say, you know, my, my husband is in recovery. This is perfect for him. Um, I had a gentleman who loves vodka, and I helped him pick which one pair best with vodka. Mm. So th- there are so many applications. Uh, recently, Mingle was served at women's executive event at their corporate annual conference, and they served Mingle as part of a, a brunch option as a non-alcoholic mocktail, and it was received tremendously well. So I could go on and on, but I love the positive feedback online, through social media, emails, you name it, bring it on. I love hearing that. Let's um, tell the listeners where they can get it. Okay, so I'm headquartered out of Philly. Obviously, as a result, I've got a lot of outlets, the uh, Philadelphia area gourmet grocery stores and such. I'm expanding into D.C. and Jersey, uh, but I would propose to either go on the Mingle Mocktails website to see the outlets. We're also available on Amazon, and that seems to be the easiest and quickest way for people to get 
single if they don't live in the Philadelphia or surrounding area. Oh, well, that's Amazon is 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 it. I mean, that's fantastic. Um <laughs> Uh, it's interesting. We could talk about the, the retail industry and, and where that's going. And um, do you have your sights set on any particular stores that you'd like to see it? Yes, I'm in discussions with a handful of distributors who service uh, Wegmans, uh, which is Great. a massive and amazing retailer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Acme, there's Foodline. I, I, I maintain an ongoing list of of grocery organizations that I'm in, in in discussions with. So all this is happening right now, and I hope to have new news in the coming weeks around where you can find me in more outlets. So there's a pipeline, and if anybody is seeking access to Mingle or can help me out, please contact me because I'm open for uh, field support. Yeah, that's so exciting. How, how are you managing this this new dynasty and being a mother? And a wife. <laughs> oh, no work-life balance. I'm not going to ask you that. Don't, yeah, don't bother. Uh, no. My kids were, were calling me the mingle monster for a while. So <laughs> uh, they just know it's part of who mom is. And sometimes they get frustrated, but then I see that they are very proud. So yeah. oh, I know that's great. I'm a, I, I envision myself as being a role model for my daughter and showing that, that anything's possible. Mm. Listen, I wish you continued success. I'm so impressed by your story, and I thank you so much for sharing it with our listeners today. Thank you so much, Sue. It was an absolute pleasure. Stay tuned for our Tech Watch with Mary Manzo. You're listening to Women to Watch. We'll be right back. Now, the Women to Watch Tech Watch. Hi, I'm Mary Manzo, partner and COO of Pathways Consulting Group. In my career and now as the tech lead for Women to Watch, the question that excites me most is, what advice would you offer me as a woman in technology? Like most women my age, it's easy to look back and know what I could have done different. When I sit with my daughters, I realize time is so important. You can't get it back. Taking the steps to avoid just one wrong decision can save you so much time and put you on a more direct path to success. So here's my answer. First, You are uniquely you. Only you can define what success means for you. So my answer starts with a question. Do you have a vision of where you want to be in your career? Or in other words, do you have a short and long-term goal list? The old saying is true. If you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Believe me, you can be on the wrong path for a long time before you realize you're not moving in the right direction. Knowing what you want and where you see yourself can be difficult. But take the time to write down where you want to be in your life. The time you spend here is so important and the first step of your journey. Once you clearly can articulate your vision of success, you will be amazed at how many people will want to help you, and sometimes not the people you would expect, so be open to learn new things from new people in your life. Next, to advance in technology, you need to be a problem solver. Align your goals with your company's goals and find a mentor. As an example, your company may be looking for ways to lower cost and improve services. You can see the potential, but you might not have all the answers to solve this challenge. So don't waste precious time and energy reinventing the wheel. Find a mentor, someone that's already solved these kinds of challenges and can help you see the obstacles. Have the courage to ask them for help, and then most importantly, follow their guidance. The right mentor can provide a simple nudge to guide you past these obstacles, help you solve problems faster, and save what's most precious, your time. Do you agree? I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at mary at pathwayscg.com. 
That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks again to our sponsors and our contributors for helping us to tell the real story behind her title. Have a great week, everyone. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.